Welcome back to American Oc Radio. This is your host, Mike Phillip. As always, we've got Super Don Naylor down in Arkansas and Professor Mike in Ottawa. We've got a great show lined up for you today. All kinds of things to talk about. The call-in line is 855-660-426-4261. Once again, 855-660-4261. Don, can you please take that and edit it out before the podcast comes out? Six, Thank six, you very six, much. Four, six, 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 six. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my record skipped. Sue me. So we're going to be talking about, listen to this, okay, to our American listeners. How would you like a brand new state? Think about it. There's a rising separatist movement in Alberta. Okay? Now... Politicians in Ontario and Quebec have never hidden the fact that they have no love for the province of Alberta. And people here know it. And people there know it. And that's how it's always been. Now, we've always gotten a raw deal from Canada, just like NAFTA has given the United States a raw deal. I think there's a $15 billion trade deficit between the U.S. and Canada, which is quite a bit smaller than the $60 billion deficit between the United States and Mexico, but we're going to get into that. Now, the United States needs what Alberta has, okay? We're going to talk about... Donald Trump's first day, uh, six days in office. What's happened? We're going to talk about social justice warriors. We're going to talk about uh, feminists really love rapists and torturers, specifically psychopath Donna Hilton, and the doomsday clock. Yeah, and how it affects your life, and if it's a real thing or not. So, with that in mind, let's get it on. <laughs> Insights West says that 23% of Albertans want to become a separate country. Yeah, I get it. Separatism is a real feeling. And what do you think it's going to be like when Trudeau's done with Alberta? He hasn't even touched Alberta yet directly. So Justin Trudeau, our brand new prime minister over here in Canada, has been doing this cross-Canada tour. And to begin with, they were going to call it Trudeau's Walkabout Tour. They changed their minds after they realized what the acronym was, and I'll leave that to you to piece together. Trudeau's uh, Walkabout Tour? 
Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Trudeau's walkabout tour. There, you put that on a T-shirt. So he's been getting a lot of flack, and uh, specifically from people in Alberta. Now, to his credit, they did not screen the amount of people that have been, or the the type of people, and who is coming to these meetings, and the questions being asked, which I'm sure will be looked back on as a mistake. Let's listen to a few of these clips. Justin Trudeau essentially in the lion's den yesterday, uh, not screening or, or vetting exactly who was going to be at that town hall, similar to all the other town halls uh, that he's had across the country so far. Uh, but yesterday he did come under fire from one person who was in the audience. Okay, so Justin Trudeau got asked it an unscripted question and being known for, you know, quick on his feet and the master orator that he is. You've been saying two different messages. Down east, you've been telling people that you want to kill the single biggest employer in our province. You're in Alberta right now, sir. You're not in Ottawa. Yet when you come to Calgary, you tell people you're sorry. Well, I'm sorry. I'm a little confused. There is one of two things, Mr. Prime Minister. You are either a liar or you're confused. And I'm beginning to think it's both. All right, so he just called the Prime Minister a confused liar. Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) I'd say that's typical. I mean, that's the reality, right? Well, he's a Canadian politician, and that's what they do. But this was Trudeau's response. I have said repeatedly in many situations... Okay. Hear the booze? Okay, you can. If you're going to ask me a question, you might want to hear the answer. Be nice, you big mean guys. So he didn't. You know, he he had to wait till everybody stopped booing. This guy is very, very unpopular in Alberta, but it's not just Justin Trudeau. Okay. Alberta's still feeling wounds from when his dad was the prime minister in the 70s, and he created what was called the National Energy Program, which screwed us and our oil patch out of a lot of work. Our premier at that time was quoted as saying, let the eastern bastards freeze in the dark. No offense, Mike. I have repeatedly said uh, that, yes, the responsibility of uh, any Canadian Prime Minister is to get our resources to market, and yes, that includes uh, our oil sands, uh, 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 fossil fuels. Uh, We need to get those to market. I've also said that we need to do that in a responsible, sustainable way. That you cannot separate what's good for the environment and what's good for the economy. I beg to differ. I think you can put together something good for the economy and the environment. Now, listen, I'm not some granola-eating hippie worrying about saving the trees. That's not me. But I am a fan of a better way of doing things, so that's fine. And Justin Trudeau sticking to his lines that he's been reiterating, mostly based on uh, why he approved those two pipelines, uh, both from uh, the Trans Mountain and Enbridge uh, Line 3 in Marcia. And now looks like a third could be coming uh, to Alberta. Uh, The Keystone XL approved by Donald Trump through executive order yesterday. So they had to put through the Keystone XL pipeline because Trump approved it. And I got to say, that basically goes right through my backyard. The Keystone XL pipeline goes from Hardesty, Alberta, which is just 45 minutes down the road from me, down to, I believe, Nevada. Now... The reason that you hear people upset with Trudeau about walking back his remarks is because he said this. Uh, We can't shut down the oil sands tomorrow. 
Uh, we need to phase them out. And then he came to Calgary and he said this. I misspoke. I said something the way I shouldn't have said it. So he basically said, I'm an idiot. <laughs> you lose, sucker. So what I'm is it? Yeah, I, I screwed up and I am sorry. So, you know, that's how you deal with people. But this has been the situation with Alberta for a long, long time. There was actually a group of people that wanted the western provinces from Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and B.C. to separate into a constitutional republic separate from Canada. <clears throat> like I said, eastern politicians have never even tried to hide the fact that they dislike Alberta. One of our politicians actually recently said Alberta is the fart in the room. And everybody freaked out and said, that is inappropriate to say in Canadian politics. You don't say fart. <laughs> right? That's, that's like the F word in Canada. You can't say that. And that became the issue that she said something that wasn't a very nice word. No, it wasn't that the economy's crashing. It wasn't uh, any of these things. But I'll tell you what, with the new Trump administration, here's what's going to happen. This is my prediction. People in Windsor are going to look across and see jobs and prosperity in Detroit, and they're going to want it. Mike Mike and Super Don coming up. We've got Chad Kelly of Alberta 51, and we're going to go through reasons why Alberta would do well as the 51st state. We'll be back right after this. Syntec Global XFT is a breakthrough product trusted around the world for over 20 years. Syntec Global XFT will maximize engine life and fuel economy, maximize horsepower and performance, and minimize emissions. XFT packs an incredible amount of benefits into one small concentrated dose and comes with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. That's Syntec Global XFT. Put it to the test. Head over to AmericanUpRadio.com now to get your extreme fuel treatment. That's AmericanUpRadio.com. back to American Huck Radio. This is your host, Mike Phillip, and we have with us today Chad Kelly, uh, the founder of Alberta 51. Mr. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. Uh, this is a conversation that uh, I've heard my whole life. Alberta has always gotten a raw deal from the federal government of Canada, and Albertans know it. And quite honestly, I am not married to the idea of Alberta being in Canada. I'm just not. I'm totally willing to look at other options. I mean, we've had sound bites of Justin Trudeau in the past saying that the Prime Minister of Canada should not be from Alberta. There's a famous picture of his dad getting off a train in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and flipping the bird to everybody in the in the crowd of people that came to tell him exactly what they thought of him. So this is nothing new. Now, Chad, why did you start this up? 
Well, a little bit of background history will help. Um, yep. I was born and raised near Windsor, Ontario. And uh, half of my family is American. They live on the other side of the Detroit River. Great folks. A lot of them are servicemen or were. And uh, I grew up there, born and raised, went to school there. And then after my first year of university, I decided that there was no future there for me. Those who aren't familiar with Windsor, it is kind of similar to Alberta. Even though it's in Ontario, there's a deep sense of alienation by the federal government. People in Windsor and Essex County really feel detached. They're wrapped between Michigan and Ohio, for one thing. So getting news and information from Detroit and Toledo, 90% of the information is from there. And um, CBC was the only Canadian station we had. So, you know, I was raised Ouch. American. Just a, yeah, sort of American culture and everything, American family, but having a Canadian passport. And it wasn't, an, and then, like I said, I went to my first year at University of Windsor and I realized there weren't going to be jobs for me in Windsor, that the auto industry wasn't going to last forever, which on my part was a bit prophetic because I saw what eventually came and crushed Detroit. It happened, and yeah. Windsor, exactly. Windsor, if Detroit sneezes, Windsor has a grand mal seizure. Right. Basically. So many like auto parts, manufacturers, tool and die in Windsor live off of the Detroit, you know, industry. So it's super important. And I saw that that was waning big time. I actually worked in, in Chrysler one summer. So um, after my first year there, I decided I got to find another solution for my future. So it's a case of brain drain. I was a pretty good student. And I ended up going to UBC for the rest of my university education. And then I moved out there. I loved British Columbia. It was so good to be out west. It's a great place. I was new. To, yeah, it is. Beautiful campus at UBC. There's none better, I don't think, than maybe anywhere in North America. And uh, I fell in love with the place, and I just never went back to Windsor other than to visit. Um, until in the last few years, after getting out of university, getting out into the working world, starting various small businesses, and feeling the crippling effects of a real estate market in Vancouver that was just absolutely out of control. And um, living in a shoebox of an apartment, 600 square feet, paying double what my parents are paying for mortgage, a mortgage back for a house in Ontario. Mm -hmm. Just kind of, it's tough. And then looking around and being a very minority white person, among many, many, many uh, South Asians, or East Asians, sorry, from um, mostly from China and Taiwan. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but I mean, it just wasn't, I feel like it wasn't managed properly. It's not fair to just impose a complete cultural re-engineering without announcing it and allowing it to happen and not having it be part of the public discourse. Never allowed to criticize it. Um, just basically, if you don't like it, get out of Vancouver. And yeah, people over become, here in Alberta call it Honkouver, Japanada. Pretty much. It's, it's very unbalanced. You've got a, a situation now where people are coming over from China. Now there's like, what, a thousand millionaires born in China every day? Like, that's a big difference to what we're used to in Canada. So they come over, and um, they want to move their money offshore just in case ch communist China clamps down and seizes their assets, which can happen right. any day. Fair enough. I would do the same thing. If my 
family's future depended on it. Absolutely. I'm not faulting them for it. It's no. just that the system allows for it because we have politicians that run this country. And as this goes back, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to call out everybody on this. It's not just Trudeau. It's Stephen Harper. It's yep. Martin. It's Gretchen. Nobody in my lifetime in this country has been a man or a woman, beta or alpha enough to stand up for the people that are in this country. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I I don't... It's always been a situation where Canada just has to be eight years behind the U.S., follow whatever the U.S. is doing on an eight-year delay. And that's what's happened now. Nobody's addressing the immigration issues in Vancouver that are not only causing, like, tension, like racial tension, but also major economic tension. This summer, when I was visiting Vancouver, I saw so many Alberta license plates. It's troubling. And I know there, the Albertans come to British Columbia for vacation in the summertime sometimes, but this was way more than ever. And I got the suspicion that, you know what, I bet people are coming here for thinking there's jobs. Oh, yeah, I bet absolutely. People laid off from Alberta that are saying, okay, I'm going, I'm going west. There's got to be something in Vancouver because Vancouver's thriving, while Calgary is about to become the next Detroit. And I know what that yep. looks like because of where I come from. And I was just, you know, I see it happening. The rents, commercial rents, downtown Calgary are now 50% of what they were a year ago. Yeah, You know, Canada repeats the same damn history as the U.S. because Canadians refuse to just, for the most part, refuse to understand that we are part of America. Okay? And this whole thing about being Canadian, it might work out east. Okay, it might be fine in Ottawa, it might be fine in Montreal, but Albertans are just distinctly different than what goes on back east. I'm not here to well, upset the eastern way of life and say that the way that they, li- they live is not worthy of being lived. I'm just saying that we should not be under the same government that they are. Canada is too big for a centralized government. You can't possibly have equal representation based on population and culture. It, it's impossible. I mean, Alberta and Quebec are, are, might as well be Nigeria and France, okay? I mean, they're so different. And not yeah. only that, but people in B.C. a lot of times will say, oh, another, Alber- uh, another American from Alberta. Uh, you know, people in B.C. are very different from Alberta. It's, yeah. it's it, you know, I mean, from their views on government to... Uh, and, I mean, what is Canadian identity? What are we married to here? I, I, Canada's good because we're tolerant toward gays. I mean, that's what we're totally given, right? It's not because of our economic strength. It's not because of our military prowess. It's not because of... No, no, no. We're tolerant. That's what makes Canada great. Meanwhile, people are losing jobs. After this, we're going to get over to an article that Chad put together on 51 reasons why Alberta should become the 51st state. We'll be back right after this. Radio. We've got Chad Kelly of Alberta 51. We're going to talk about 
an article that he wrote. We're going to be posting it on AmericanHockRadio.com. Why? 51 reasons Alberta should become a U.S. state. Let's get right into it. Number one, no more French. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what percentage of Albertans are speaking French? Last time I saw it, it was less than 2%. The only ones that I know of, there's a little town called Beaumont, and it's basically a suburb of Edmonton, and uh, they've got French on their signs, and, you know, the stop signs say arrête and things like that, and it's a, it's a small French community. But you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, English should be the absolute official language of Alberta. So, I agree with you. No more French. Number two. Free travel to sunny states for as long as you want. You wouldn't have to have a passport to drive down to Los Angeles or California uh, or uh, Florida or Arizona. You wouldn't have any time restrictions. So that it wouldn't be pretty much possible double ta- double taxation as well. You know, if the IRS flags you as a person of interest because you stayed over 120 days in a three-year period. They're, you know, they're not going to go, oh, you're a Canadian down here using our system to earn income, possibly, so we'll tax you, too. Exactly, and it happens all the time. Now, number three is my absolute favorite reason for Alberta to join the United States. Now, I'll give you a little hint. The Second Amendment, baby. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. We, yeah. Listen. Here's the thing. Alberta actually has a really high rate of gun ownership. Mm-hmm. All right? We do. Just about everybody I know has at least a shotgun or a rifle or a twenty two. We don't run around shooting each other. If there's any gun violence, it's gang on gang. End of story. Okay? People don't, you know, that that's just about 100% of it. There are a few isolated incidents where there's a bit of gunplay that gets out of hand, but it's so low that it's basically off the radar. Now, the other thing about firearms ownership in Canada, and I'll give you a really good example of this, okay? The RCMP recently unilaterally dictated that the 25-round magazine for the Ruger 10-22, which is the most popular rifle in the world, is now illegal. They just said it. There was no vote. There was no referendum. It wasn't even brought up ahead of time. It's just you wake up in the morning, and if you have a 25-round magazine for a Ruger 10-22, you are a felon. You remember that? Chad? Yeah. See, I, yeah. I see. Here's the thing. I use. Uh, I love Arizona. Uh, it's a great place to spend some warm months. And uh, Arizona is a constitutional carry state, right? Which means you don't even need a permit for a concealed firearm. And my friends in, Al- in Alberta who have their firearms uh, certificate, the restricted license. Yeah. They have to phone in their exact route that they're going to take when they when that handgun leaves the gun club. Yep. And if they screw that up, then they're going to get like $5,000 fine. Yeah, if you deviate or, from yeah. the route between your house and a shooting range in Canada with a restricted firearm, you are in big trouble. Fines and possibly even jail time. That's pretty oppressive. 
Yes, it is. And the biggest part of it is that in Canada, it's just not an inalienable right to bear arms. And that, to me, is a big, big fundamental problem with the country of Canada. Yeah, it's a privilege. And listen, people say gun nuts. Listen, I'm not a gun nut. I'm a fan of guns just like I'm a fan of a good finishing hammer. If it works, I like it. And they have a specific tool. They tried to make more laws about storage and things like that. And it's been a constant battle in our court system. But listen, if you shoot an intruder on your property in Canada because they came in to rape your wife or something, you are going to jail. And the guy that broke into your house can sue you. Let's move on. Number four, Donald Trump. <laughs> and he writes underneath that, the right to bear, uh, sorry, uh, you get the ultimate leader of the people, a nonstop machine who works for you 20 hours a day instead of Trudeau who uses you to fund his vacation. You get an alpha male leader you can be proud of instead of a little sissy boy. And, you know, a lot of people look at Trudeau that way, but I got to agree with you. Donald Trump, uh, for any, you know, shortcomings on his end as a leader, he's 10 times the president of any that I've seen in my lifetime. He's done more in one week for the United States of America than Obama, Bush, Clinton, Bush, uh, LBJ going all the way back than they've done ever in one week. Donald Trump is the new standard for national leadership. I agree. Number five, protection from the U.S. military. Now, a lot of people would argue that we already have that through NATO. And, uh, you know, the U.S. isn't going to let anything happen to Canada militarily, okay? They're not going to. But. I wouldn't mind having U.S. military bases in Alberta. I wouldn't. I mean, right now we've got Wainwright. We've got Cold Lake. We have a lot of U.S. troops in Alberta already through NATO. We also have British troops, which, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a NATO base in Southfield down by Medicine Hat. And I was, I was in Medicine Hat, and we had some Brit troops. Uh, they were walking through a parking lot. They came up to my, the window of my car. And the one guy said, Have you got where I could get with the jumblies? And, uh, and I said, you, Are you looking for a stripper bar? And he said, Yeah, yeah. And I said, Man, you guys invented the language? Like, holy crap. So I'd rather have U.S. troops on Canadian soil. Okay, but than... let, me, let me make one clear distinction here, though. Yes. Go ahead. Up until, now, the, up until now, the U.S. will not let anything happen to Canada. But when Trump was campaigning, he made it really clear that the countries that are getting free protection from the U.S. without paying for That's it, over. they ain't going to get a free ride anymore. So right. if he revokes that free ride of protection, and you know, the NATO's future is very much in question now with Trump in power. So don't assume that it's going to be protection as usual. And if, just like with the wall in Mexico, if Canada doesn't pay for its protection, guess how Trump's going to get the money? Through import taxation. Yeah, that's what's coming. And uh, absolutely. And, and you know what? Here's the thing. When Canada, uh, you know, in Confederation, back then, there was a good reason to be a British colony country because you had the protection of the British Royal Navy. And back during the Barbary Wars, the Ottoman Empire would send out pirates that would take over your ship and enslave the people on it and steal all your goods. And if you paid protection or became a colony country, you had the protection of the British Royal Navy. In fact, that's why the U.S. Navy was founded and ratified by Congress under Thomas Jefferson. Okay? 
But those days are over. We don't need the protection of the British Navy anymore. And quite honestly, for the most part, Canada's Navy next to the U.S. Navy is a joke. All right? That's not to say that our sailors aren't good at what they do, but they're underfunded. Let's put it this way. Canada spends 1% of its GDP on national defense, where the United States spends 4 And that is a huge amount of money, and that might even go up under Donald Trump. Number six, the safety of the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar has is the world reserve currency right now. And, you know, you can get into whether or not that's the reason for a lot of the wars that they've gotten into. But absolutely, the U.S. dollar is a lot more sound than the Canadian dollar. Can you get into that a little bit, Chad? Growing up in a border town, most of my family and friends, in one way or another, rely on the currency exchange. Because they're on the the Canadian side of my family and friends, they obviously want a higher U.S. dollar because they're selling Canadian goods and services to the state. Yeah, absolutely. If you're an exporter, it's great. If you're an importer, it's terrible because of the disparity. Mike, Mike, and Super Don at American Knock Radio. Uh, Ronnie in Nevada, hang on where you are. We'll get to you in a bit here. We'll be back with Chad Kelly of Alberta 51 after this. Syntec Global XFT is a breakthrough product trusted around the world for over 20 years. Syntec Global XFT will maximize engine life and fuel economy, maximize horsepower and performance, and minimize emissions. XFT packs an incredible amount of benefits into one small concentrated dose and comes with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. That's Syntec Global XFT. Put it to the test. Head over to AmericanUpRadio.com now to get your extreme fuel treatment. That's AmericanUpRadio.com. Welcome back. We're live on American Ock Radio. We've got a guest, Chad Kelly of the group Alberta 51, pushing for Alberta to become the 51st state of the union. And I actually support having this conversation because being part of Canada has not done a lot for Alberta. We've been going through a list of 51 reasons why it would be a good idea as put together by Mr. Chad Kelly. Now we're going to go along with number seven, the First Amendment. Go ahead, Chad. Yeah, the right to free speech is actually ingrained in the U.S. Constitution. It's not something that gets tossed around in the public discourse as if it's negotiable. You're free to speak your mind without being fined or going to jail. And relevant right now, there's a lot of anger on Twitter from Canadians about M103, this movement put through by one of the Liberal MPs, uh, the anti-Islamophobia bill, which is crushing to freedom of speech. So with the U.S. Yeah. First Amendment, we don't have to be concerned with that kind of crap. No, exactly. And not only that, but we've got the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal, where if you say something that maybe will offend somebody, they will haul you before the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal, and you have no rights, none, for your opinion. I will have any opinion that I want. If I want mm. to dislike somebody, I'm going to do it, okay? Well, those are American beliefs. Those are fundamental American beliefs that you're stating. 
Blame occupying Western Canada for President Trump. (laughs) Exactly. Number eight, benefit from economies of scale. What's your thinking behind that, Chad? 320 million people create a lot of buying power. Yep. Um, 35 million people on a humongous piece of land, not really. So just from an economic perspective, imagine you've got a big resort. It can hold 320, maybe 500 million people, and you've got 35 million people on it. Uh, not good for the price of consumer goods and services. That's why it took so long to get high-speed Internet access across the country. Um, that's why we have trouble with our air transportation and uh, telecommunication infrastructure pricing. Just not enough scale there to warrant a huge infrastructure like the U.S. has. That's just it. Well, you got to think of it this way. There's more people in the state of California than there is in uh, the country of Canada. And Don has some thoughts on that. Yeah, well, you know, I was thinking, because, you know, down here, we've had a lot of talk uh, from the folks in the state of California that they want to secede. They're not happy with how things turned out with the election. So I would propose, as the the ambassador here in uh, uh, the U.S. to Canada, unofficially, that uh, you guys, why don't we do like a, a swap? I think it's a fair trade. We'll take Alberta. You can have California. (laughs) <laughs> you I'm know, I bet you a lot of Canadians would totally fight. go for it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care because I don't have a dog in the fight. Once Alberta becomes part of the U.S., I don't care if Cal- uh, California is part of Canada anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we agree. Number nine, better, better postal service. Go ahead, Chad. Um, I don't know if you've been vacationing or visiting in the U.S. and you order something off of Amazon. And even if you're in Hawaii... It gets to you in three days or less. Whereas in Canada, it takes a long time to get across the country. It costs three times more. You don't deliver on Saturday. And as you know, Canada Post has been stripping a lot of their services, like door-to-door. Why aren't they doing well when the U.S. Postal Service is way better than it was before the Internet? So something's wrong with the way that that's managed. Why, do we have, why does Canada have to have its own version of what's already working in the U.S., like U.S. Postal Service? Absolutely. The, the Comrex Direct Access Unit that I'm using right now was sent up to me from a friend in Chicago. He paid the postage, and when it got to the Canadian border, there was a $180 fee tacked onto it that I had to pay on this end just to pick it up. And we're not yep. talking about a big package, so, you know, you get screwed with Canada Post, definitely. Number 10, more banking options. What are your thoughts behind that? Once again, anybody who's vacationed in the States, you're driving along and you see so many different bank names. You know, Canada, we've got how many chartered banks do we have? And they're an oligopoly. It's a monopoly of five five or six banks, I think. Yeah, and they have the right to do a bail-in. If they can't manage the economy properly and they crash the economy, they can just take money out of Canadians' bank accounts to fund it. They've talked about it openly. I believe they Absolutely. did it in Manitoba a few years ago. They took um, something like 1% of people's uh, people savings that had whatever over a certain amount. Um, wow. I believe it was Manitoba that did it a few years ago. I've never heard of that, but uh, that's not that double check it. it didn't happen. Yeah, check it out. Number 11, more phone and cable plan options. When I hear people in the States talk about what, the, what their cell bill is as compared to me in Alberta, 
it makes me want to put my fist through a wall. I mean, the, the, your cell phone bill in Canada is murder. Yeah. It, it's, it's terrible. That, and, and the coverage is economy, economy of scale and the coverage as well, like you're going to say. It's just not there. Absolutely. Number 12, more electronics at lower prices. And there's that dollar power again, but better variety. Could you get into that a little bit? There's not a whole lot to say there. Why do you think most of the people we know have always gone cross-border shopping to the States? That's where all the good stuff is at lower prices, even with the, you know, $1.33 Canadian to buy a U.S. dollar. It's still worthwhile just for the variety. Yeah, absolutely. Number 13, cheaper car insurance. That one speaks for itself due to population and economy. Number 14, more famous restaurant franchises. I totally agree with you. That's uh, one thing that I noticed when I was a kid. Uh, you know, we, you know, there's just more to pick from and, and a lot better, let's put it that way. Number 15, more affordable air transportation. We already went through that. And you wrote in here, how come you can fly from Phoenix to Vegas for 50 bucks, but flying from Calgary to Vancouver, same distance, is $200. So that one speaks for itself. Number 16, better quality groceries and more choice. That, I gotta, I gotta say... I don't know, because I've been to states with lower health standards. And, I mean, have you ever been to a Piggly Wiggly in North Carolina? Okay, I mean, the... the, well, no, the I, I mean, like, okay, fair enough. The Okay, the bottom of the barrel gets lower in the U.S. when it comes to groceries. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you go down to Florida, and there's a Publix everywhere. And, I mean, some of the Publix, like the last place I stayed in near Orlando... Every time you drive down a road, there's a Publix, and the quality is better than any, like, um, I don't want to say names of companies in Canada, but you know the big grocery chains. There's only two big companies that own the grocery companies in Canada, but the quality was better than that, and these things are everywhere, and they're so big, and there's so many, there's a hundred different kinds of chips. Like, there's just so much more food variety within the store. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number 17, no duties for online shopping. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about that with cross-border shopping, too. So, I mean, we'd be saving right there. Number 18, won't get made uncompetitive by carbon tax. Now, I want to point this out. A lot of people in Alberta are freaking out because we just got a carbon tax and they're mad at the NDP. But I would like to point out that our conservative government, when everything was ripping in the oil patch and there was lots of work and money flying around, they instituted a gas tax. Now, what's the difference between a carbon tax and a gas tax? Nothing. The name. So, you know, people want to get away from the NDP and they're going to run straight back to the clowns that made them so mad that they held the nose and voted for the NDP in the first place, and we're just going to go running straight back to them like the hero of the day. And that's the, that's the dialectic that cannot continue in Alberta. That is what will kill Alberta socially and economically. I guarantee it. This is the time when Albertans have to wake up and realize it's not the party that's in power, because that's what you said in the, when the last party was in power. We don't elect people in Canada. We, we vote against the people, that the incumbents. That's all we do. It's always a vote of non-confidence. Get the hell out. Get the hell out. Get the hell out. And we'll take whatever's available. That has to end. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's no representation even within the provincial governments at all. Number 19, won't get made uncompetitive by U.S. import taxes. We already covered that. Number 20, tougher justice system. In Canada, if you say something that makes a feminist angry, you will get more punishment than a pedophile. If you're a pedophile, hey, listen, we had this guy, Carl Toft. That was in the youth justice system in the maritime provinces, and it was thought that he had raped over 200 kids. They moved him to Edmonton and gave him two police guards to follow him around everywhere he goes. So all of a sudden, this notorious pedophile, Carl Toft, lives in Edmonton and has armed guards paid for by the state. Makes no sense to me. It's unforgivable, absolutely. This is Mike Phillip with American Ock Radio. We're going into a hard break. We've got Chad Kelly from Alberta 51. We'll be back after this. Stay where you are, Ronnie, in Nevada. I still want to hear from you.